Sunday night, Lord, when the world is frolicking, millions are frolicking. Oh, Father, but we're rejoicing and rallying around the Word of God. Lord Jesus, come in a special way tonight. Let our gathering not be in vain, but let there be a special visitor. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We worship you. We love you. We adore you. That our children, that our visitors, that all of us could see. You are the one, Lord Jesus. You are the one we worship. You are the one we adore. Lord Jesus. Lord, don't let it just be ordinary church services. Lord, don't let it be ordinary meetings, Father. Let there be special visitations. Experiences, God. Our hearts cry out for them. We speak it out in your name, Lord. There will be experiences and special moments. Even this very week. From this moment till next Sunday night at this time. If you would tarry. That there would be supernatural moments, Lord, for our assembly. In Jesus' name, Lord. Let there be altars built. Let there be consuming fires come to hearts of individuals. Let the word be strong. Let your presence be felt. Let the goodness of God follow hard after all of our hearts. Let there be a general repentance and a general sanctifying that all of us together could see the glory of God. Jesus, we love you, Father. Let it be tonight as we speak it out to one another. Let our hearts be cheerful and joyous as we hear your word one more time. Jesus, we love your appearing. Would you come tonight, Lord? If you do not come, we could just close the service now. There's been good prayers, good songs. But Lord, your word means more than life to us. Feed the sheep. Feed the lambs. Jesus, take our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you tonight. We'll turn right to the scripture, I guess. Amen. Brothers, you can just bring that up for us. So Ephesians chapter 3. Can we turn to two places? Ephesians chapter 3 and Deuteronomy 29. Amen. we thankful for those that could come for Brother uh, Frank uh, Fletcher's birthday gathering. God bless you, Brother Frank. And he's here. And I think Sister Laverne might be in the fellowship hall. She said if she's not here that she might be in the fellowship hall. But we send her away uh, in the name of the Lord. Amen. And God bless our dear sister. Amen. Sunday nights are hard to preach. 
Thank you, Brother Malcola. Sometimes they're hard to preach. You've, ate, you've eaten food and maybe you haven't got a lot of rest and you're going on a, not a lot of energy, but we just pray the Lord will just bless the service tonight. And it's our last service before our special meetings start on Wednesday night. Uh, Brother Timothy Pruitt will be here, the Lord willing. So we just want to give our, our, our dedication and our time to the Lord and we want to invite His presence as we come and hear His Word tonight. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, two uh, places here that our Brother Mark Alho and Brother Michael Diaz were just here in Ephesians, Ephesus, uh, in this last couple of weeks. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen we're speaking uh, with winter camp on our hearts for our church we've come to this season and we're going to look at verse 20 And I believe that this scripture is true for us unto him that is able. I know some of you already turned into Deuteronomy, but let's not forget Paul here. Amen. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Do we serve that kind of a God? Amen. Amen. He's a great God. He's bigger than all of our needs put together, all of our troubles. Amen. He's able to do above all that we ask or think according to the power, not that is in Him, but that is working in us. So He's working tonight in us. His power is working. Deuteronomy 29, 29. A verse that we all know, maybe by heart, so maybe when we turn there we can... Read it out loud together. We're going to bring this into the thought tonight. Let's read it out loud together. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Amen. We're not under the law, per se, of Deuteronomy, but we're under the message of the hour. And the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. Tonight, let's just agree together. Things that are secret, the day He's coming, or when you and I are going to be taken, or secret things belong unto God. Let's just leave it there. But those things that are revealed belong unto us. And they belong to our children. We believe that tonight. So God bless you tonight as you have your seats together. Brother Derek encouraged me not to be long, so I won't try not to be long tonight. Amen. Sister Laverne, this is her last service. Brother Anthony Hoffman, this is his last service. He'll fly away on Tuesday and be with his lovely bride-to-be, Sister Jill, on Tuesday. Sister Laverne leaves Tuesday, so Tuesday there's going to be a lot of coming and going. But God bless you, Brother Anthony. And April 21st is his wedding day, and so we're looking forward to that. May the Lord bless Brother Anthony and his future and his family as we rejoice together. 
Amen. Tonight we want to speak this little thought on touching the sacredness of the heart. Touching the sacredness of the heart. And I'm holding tonight as I preach the, the camp list, all the campers and the counselors and the helpers, the workers. And we're preaching tonight with that in our hands and in our heart, out of love, out of prayer, out of burden. And also as we labor together. I believe this is going to be a wonderful week. I feel that in my heart. We've been taught by the Scripture to believe uh, and that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And uh, God's not bankrupt. Amen. His children aren't bankrupt. You're not living day to day. You're living for eternity. And so we want to speak about uh, some of these things tonight as we hold this. I believe the services will be streamed on the internet starting Thursday night from the camp, I believe, Thursday night, Friday night, and then two services on Saturday, and then everyone welcome on Sunday, and those that can't cross the border again, Brother Murphy will be here next Sunday morning, the Lord willing. I'm just looking forward to God to uh, move in our uh, lives and move in the heart of the bride. So we believe that tonight. But I, I wanted to speak about these things on touching the sacred part of your heart. As Deuteronomy said, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. The token is for us and our children. I believe that. Preparation for the service. I listened to the four token messages. And you hear Brother Branham, which was the thing to follow the seven seals, preach on the token. And tonight, um, those things have been revealed. That the token uh, has been applied. And don't let it just be chatter tonight. Amen. Uh, uh, We heard that this morning. I pray God help all of us, ministers included, not to allow the message to become just chatter. God has touched the sacredness of your heart. And no one else can touch that place. We ought to be thankful tonight that God has opened up our hearts. If you read in the same chapter of Exodus 12, God was hardening Pharaoh's heart. It actually says that and it's quite amazing that the Bible would say that about God hardening someone's heart. But that is Exodus actually 14 where God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I was thinking of today, God is turning the hearts of His elect to Himself. We're just glad to be on the right side. And if your heart's becoming hardened, we just need to allow the Lord to touch that sacred spot. So the the things that have been revealed belong unto us and for our children. I believe that uh, the Holy Ghost is for us and for our children. I believe the new birth is for us and for our children. We don't need to beat on the altar. We don't need to call God out of heaven. He's right here in this building tonight. Right here in this atmosphere, the Holy Spirit's just moving, moving, moving. I believe healing is for us. It belongs unto us and to our children. That I believe healing is... is, is we don't need to ask, cry out for it. It's just ours. It belongs unto us. I believe in overcoming life. Daily overcoming is for us. It's not just for the prophet, the pastor, the counselor. It's for all of us. It belongs unto us and to our children. It's been revealed. We believe that deliverance is for us and for our children. 
Hallelujah. Not for this to select few. It's for all of us. And we cannot force one another to serve God. We don't want to push someone into a conversion. I heard Brother Branham speak this week about altar calls. And he had spoken about it in one service. And then he was clarifying it the next service. Because he felt that some might have took that he didn't believe in altar calls. And he began to go back and talk about how those that try to persuade people to come. And oh Johnny and your mother and try to come and beat them. And you know persuade them. He said they don't, most of them don't turn out anyway. He said, preach the word. People come sanely in their right mind. They, it's their time. God's voice can cut through all kinds of unbelief. And I believe this week can be someone's time. What God did for parents, He can do for our children. The same God turn a person from drugs and alcohol and then perversion can just speak to our children. And just in a moment, they're never the same after that. It's like, they, like our brother Jonas sang. They, they cross the line and no matter what anyone else says, God has touched the sacred place. I believe in revelation. It belongs unto us and to our children. I believe they're catching more than we give them credit for. And I believe the spirit of revelation is among us. I believe it's greater than the spirit of sports, spirit of fashion, spirit of the world. Things we were born with, family strains. I believe when the word starts uh, coming in a certain way, it breaks all them yokes. Do we believe that tonight? I, I believe the power of the spoken word is in the people. It's not just across the pulpit, it's in the people. That was the revelation that got from a prophet to a little Hattie Wright sister. So it's not all from just the ministry. I believe that uh, the, the power of the spoken word, that these things have been revealed. And that we don't have to cower back. Sister Victoria, did you write that song this morning? You didn't write that song. Wasn't that a wonderful song? It felt like something that you would write though. Amen. I, I, don't you love songs that are from the heart of a person? You know, we all have a natural element to our lives, and there's a supernatural. Brother Branham, I I was listening, I think it was a a week ago, he was speaking about love, in the message love, and he was talking about the the possum and the bull and and the hornets and things. And do you remember when he... The bull had killed already someone. They had moved him up to the certain paddock to be away. And Brother Branham had taken off his gun and thrown up into his truck. And he started to walk across the field. And the bull stood up. Do you remember the story? And then Brother Branham had remembered that. And he looked to run this way and that way. And it was too far. That was the human element. And, and he would have he got his gun and shot the bull. That was the human element. But then he said, something, come down. Something, that's something. Hallelujah, capital, something, deity, come over him. And he loved that bull. And it started charging toward him and would have took him out. But he said, I'm sorry, go over and I'm sorry that I haven't come into your private space. And that bull just stopped feet from him, went over, shook his head. And do you all know what Brother Branham said next, though? He said when he walked across that field and went over the fence, he said, I shook like a leaf. 
Y'all remember him saying that? Like, we all think it was all power and anointing. No, that's the human element came out. He shook like a leaf. Sometimes we think when, when God does things in our lives, we're always going to be under some super anointing. There's a human element that sometimes we shake like a leaf. But just remember, we, just invite that something to come down and presence himself through your life. Now, when we speak about this sacredness, I have some slides in a moment. But what was once in the back parts of God's mind has now become revealed to the bride of Christ. And he continues to open our hearts to these secrets as he is unfolding his word through the different ministers. He's unfolding his secrets. So when we go back to Deuteronomy, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But there are secrets that God's revealing to us. And there's things that he's revealing in Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Brother Branham said back in the back part of God's mind, there was something he was trying and was going to achieve. And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed. So you and I were born within our lives, but there's a special place in our hearts that is sacred. I want everyone to listen because we're just getting ready for winter camp. That sacred place is a place that only God can touch. It's a sacred place of our hearts that no man, no woman, no other human has a right to walk in this sacred place with you. It's between you and God alone. That's very sacred. God alone has the right to touch that place. The world is so surface. And we get distracted so easily with what we see and what we feel, what we hear. But inside of each one of you is a sacred place that only God can touch. And I want to say tonight, as this came to us by inspiration, God is touching that sacred place. The shepherd has his hand on your sacred place. No man has a right to come there. No woman has a right to go there. People can scream, holler, threaten, put fear tactics, try to control us as sheep. But the shepherd's voice touches a sacred spot. And so as we hear these things about sacredness, it brings another part of our, our, of our walk and our preparedness even for coming into winter camp because sacredness has to do with a place that has been consecrated or hallowed. It's a revered something divine. It's an inner place. It's a place that's to be approached too with reverence. And not a lot of just running, running, and haphazardly running in and expecting God to just do His great things. No, the sacredness of the heart and in this secret place calls for a certain um, approach as it was. Jesus in Matthew 12, you don't need to turn to it, but the Bible says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I, I was... Um, yesterday drove across the border several times actually and back but one time I was stopped by a certain place and I walked by a, a man 
And he, you know, had earrings and he was all tattooed up. He was in a, but he was drawing. He was drawing. I could tell what he was drawing and the things that was on his page. Out of the abundance of the heart is what comes out in people's lives. And if there's holiness there, that's what's going to come out. If there's evil there, that's what's going to come out. Is that true? In Luke, Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, but an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. But if God would touch that sacred place, our whole lives would be different. Let's speak about this just a little bit more, this purpose, this reason. Let's turn to John 21, verse 15. Before we go to some slides to bring some things to your remembrance and then to encourage you. This is part of our commission in the, of the ministry is to feed God's lambs. And to feed God's sheep. This is all of our ambitions, our goals. People say, what's your agenda? What do you live for? It's to be about our Father's business. It's to be around the family of God. We smell like the sheep because we are sheep. We were commissioned to be in the fold. Hear the voice of the shepherd. So this all has to do with sacred places that God has made us. Some would call sheep dumb or foolish. Sheep are are generally um, are with one another in flocks. They're very skittish. They're very social. Uh, Sheep can be very social. Not oftentimes because they like one another, but for protection. Amen. If you study behavior of sheep, that's what they say. They say sheep like to be together, not so much that they like one another, but for protection. And people that are, amen, Brother Frank, hallelujah. People, that they call them flight sheep that like to run and do their own thing. Those are easy praise for coyotes. Easy prey for wolves and hounds of hell that go after those sheep that they have a flight syndrome. They're, they want to do things on their own. Jesus was speaking in, Matt, in John twenty-one fifteen, When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love them, thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, excuse me. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him, See, this is Peter before he received the Holy Ghost. He was grieved because, Why is he asking me this question? The third time lovest thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Three times he's speaking about feeding the, the lambs. 
feeding the sheep. This is part of our commission too, even as a church. Take care of one another. Stay together. Stay together. Stay in symphony. Brothers, if you can go to that. Brother Frey's going to help us tonight. We're going to go to this. Who remembers this in our last service? Sympathy. Stay in sympathy. Stay in symphony. Stay in harmony. Actually, it means, if you look it up, it means sound together. But we, we showed this illustration on the top there is that it's called sympathy synchronization. And by the time you found at the end of the clip, they were all moving together. Who remembers that? Some of you uh, made mention, though, and you had to bring this to my attention, that on the right-hand side, there, there was a pink one that wanted to stay out of order all the way up to the very end. I didn't even pick this up. Some of you did. And it wasn't until right at the very end, they got back in line. Does anybody remember that? Thank you, Brother Mike. Glory. So right away, I thought of this when Brother Branham in the rapture said, here come that sainted bunch of little girls just exactly the way they was, all correctly dressed, their hair hanging down on their back, smooth, clean, marching like this. Amen. To the step of the gospel. She was the word. They look like one out of every nation. I was looking at it as they passed by and seen them pass by and instead of going down they started going up I noticed one of them trying two or three of them trying to getting out of line I screamed stay in line and the vision left me and I was standing in the room screaming stay in line isn't that amazing what can happen in science can even happen spiritually And Brother Branham was caught up in this visitation and he got under the burden. It was at the end that that some started to be out of line and he screamed under that burden and he come out of the vision. So now it left him, but he was still being affected. I, I would say it touched the sacred place of his heart. Would you agree? He was screaming, stay in line. Stay in line. Stay in sympathy. Maybe we need to go back to the rapture message. He's talking about that one group that he had saw the church of America walking to the beat of rock and roll and the women passing by and doing all kinds of rocks and things and short hair and painted faces. And as they pass by like that, supposed to be virgins to Christ. And when she passed by like that, I turned my head, you know, with this holding in front of me. And it was disgraceful, the back of them, talking about that lewd church. It was the church, not the world, the church. And there they was going like that. And I turned my head to weeping like that. And I said, I couldn't stand it in there. And him holding, him standing there, me knowing that. Me, a minister of the church, and that's what I had produced for him. I said, oh God, I can't look at it. Let me die. Let me fade away like that. And as soon as it went out, every time one of them would come, they'd go out in a certain place then drop off. And I'd hear the sound of it as it went away. Then I heard something like, onward, Christian soldiers. And I looked, and here come that sainted bunch of little girls, just exactly the way they was, all correctly dressed, their hair hanging way down their back, smooth, 
clean marching like this to the step of the gospel. She was the word. How many want to become the word? As you hear the word, you're becoming in symphony. It's a magnetic pull causing us to move. They look like one out of every nation. I was looking at it as they passed by. And seeing them pass by, instead of going down, they started going up. I noticed one of them trying, two or three trying to get out of line. I screamed, stay in line, and the vision left me. And I was standing in the room screaming, stay in line. Isn't this so amazing that science can show this, that things with, after there is a magnetic field that is moved even by science that will move objects or move things into the same motion. And when you look at this up further, down toward the bottom there, it's a movement from which the individual or the personal viewpoint, it moves to the perspective of the group where we're together. It's not just all of us doing our own thing. It's not just individuals and just everyone like, and for my personal, I have my opinion, but it's all moving together in the perspective of the body or the group. That's sympathy. That's what a prophet was preaching, the sympathy and symphony of the gospel. Lord, we want to be sounding together. This is a good service to go before winter camp. We spoke about this also, and this is uh, the ships that we were speaking about and how the stabilizers has been put out on the ship. Do you remember that? And how he said, we're nearing the shore. Just stay stabled. Just stay in the Word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel, these are quotes of Brother Branham, no matter how you feel, what anything else, stay right with the Word. I would say God has touched the sacredness of our hearts. And Lord, if there's anything in our hearts that's not of you, take it away. Can we be unanimous tonight? If there's anything in our church, in our families, let sacredness come back again. In Jesus' name. Let holiness come back. Let consecration come back. And the Spirit of God travels on words. So let love come back. At a time when you're just shaking like a leaf, but that something comes over you. We need that something to come over us. Keep the stabilizers out. And and we also showed you a little clip of the boat in the Gulf of Alaska. And it was this wave that took it over. Brother Tim, it was this wave. They had gone through a lot of storms and gone through a lot of waves, but it was this wave that took it down. No stabilizers. And the very next line out of the mouth of the rescuers, which is the boat that took this uh, video photo, they said, okay, let's start picking people out of the water. I thank God. That no matter what happens in our life, God's concerned for souls. He's going for men and women. He's going for the lives of the sheep. Okay, let's start picking people out of the water. It's not like, oh, serves them right. Or they didn't have a stabilizer out. But no, let's get people out of the water. Hallelujah. It's the sacredness. Now, we were affected this week by something that happened. And I just want to take you through. Some things here of our brother Blessing Chessa. 
that passed away this week. This very much moved myself as a minister. I want to share some things with you about his life. 1957 to 2018, his pastor of East Lea Tabernacle in Zimbabwe, Africa. He was married to Sister Chippo, and God blessed them with eight children, seven girls and one boy. I'm saying this for a reason. Several grandchildren. He spoke his last service last Sunday morning. I took this from their website. It is with complete sadness we announce the sudden going on to be with the Lord of our dear pastor. On Monday, the 29th of January, last Monday, he was fishing as was his custom. And while fishing, his line got caught in a submerged tree stump. And standing on his boat's edge due to a strong wave, the boat suddenly jerked off and he was left clinging to the stump. The brethren he was fishing with tried to maneuver the boat back so he could climb back in. But in the process, the boat bumped hard into the stump due to the powerful waves. And the branch he was holding on to broke and he fell into the water. And they retrieved his body the next morning because the darkness and the, the, the waves and it was near a dam and the, and the currents took our brother under. But what was very interesting, and this is all public, you can search it yourself, that the Friday night before Brother Benny Perry spoke in their church, the service on the bottom, all the things that can be shaken will be shaken. And we had just preached here that Wednesday night on an appropriate response to shaking times. That, that was the Wednesday night before. On Friday night, Brother Benny Perry speaks in their church. This is in Zimbabwe. Things that can be shaken will be shaken. Then Brother uh, Chessa, the Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, preached his last message. And he was speaking about restoration. This is Brother Chessa in that Friday night service. Brother Benny Perry spoke. This is Brother Benny. This is Brother Pastor Chessa here on the platform. This is their last communion service, which was the Friday night before, after our Brother Benny Perry spoke. When Brother Chessa preached on Sunday morning, some of his closing words was a quote of Brother Branham. And I put it on the bottom in blue. And then on the top part there, was uh, he was quoting Brother Branham out of Restoration of the Bride Tree. And then his, some of his last comments was what I have on the screen. There was a law in Christ. This is his last service, Sunday morning. There's a law in Christ, and that law is in man. You can bury him in the deepest grave, or the deepest sea, or the lowest hell. There's a law of the Spirit of God that will raise him up again. Pastor Chester said, every believer will raise up. It doesn't matter where he goes to. It doesn't matter where he is buried, whether he's eaten by lions, whether he's taken by floods. On the day of the resurrection, that law will bring him back. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you imagine a pastor standing, saying his last words to his congregation, just hearing on a Friday night, hearing all that can be shaken will be shaken. God was already preparing the congregation beforehand. And this was the brother that was actually giving the events. This is their church here. And this is the brother that gave the events to the congregation on the top left. This is Brother Chessa. On the bottom left was just yesterday. That's his father. 
Brother Chessa's father, his mother had passed away last year. On the right is sister, his wife. And here she is standing in front of the coffin of her husband that just one week before had been standing in the church. This was yesterday in, that, uh, in their church. And pastors from all over Africa, the church is filled out with hundreds and probably thousands of people. And this is his dear wife. On the left-hand side, this is his only son speaking here, Samuel. And he had seven daughters. They all spoke. You can view all of this online. You say, Brother John, why are you showing this to us tonight? To show us that there is a sacredness to our lives. Here's a man standing preaching on a Sunday morning. And by the following Saturday, he's in the ground. And today they're having a service and they need a pastor. And where do we go from here? And I, I, I said that for a reason to, set, to, to convey to all of us that our lives are fleeting and passing. Amen. And there's a sacredness to our lives that we need to hold endeared and, and to appreciate. And to appreciate God among us. And that affected me as I thought about that, how that could happen to any of us. That on one Sunday you're alive, you're vibrant, you're coming to church, and the next Sunday you're in another dimension. You're, the, the services are already passed. The meetings are passed. His, his wife has already made incredible declarations and family, which when I listened to them I thought, my, he was a man of God. And when I thought about the sacredness, can I carry on a few more minutes? The sacredness of our heart. I'm just touching certain areas of our heart to let you know that it can't just always be hardened. It can't just always be going through church life and meetings and camps. And, you know, we have services. We have prayer meetings. We have camps. We have Sunday school. We have schools, we have fellowships, we have youth meetings, and all of these are a support to the sheep. But it all comes down to you and God alone. All of these times that we share, and all of these special events, and there's a lot of effort and planning that goes into all of these things surrounding our lives as believers, but it really comes down to the main thing. And that is the sacred spot of your heart between you and God. When I was listening to the token message in Shreveport and he was talking about Billy Graham and how he was listening to a certain program. He had been in a filling station actually. I don't know if he was getting an oil change. He said it was one of the filling stations I was standing in and I was watching Billy Graham on a program and it was a great revival in California. I was watching uh, him on the television and I was catching the face of some of them coming to the altar. I want you to listen real closely. Here, Brother Branham's in a filling station and watching uh, something on Billy Graham's meeting and he, Brother Branham's watching people coming to the altar. And he said, kids punching one another, fighting, going to the altar, laughing, cutting up, no sincere, chewing gum, looking all around, go right in there and say, yes, they made a confession and come out. And Billy said, talking about Billy Graham, 
He had had 30,000 of them in one year's time and he ain't got 30 left. Brother Branham said there's no sincerity. There's no more sincere. And I thought, God help us to be more sincere. Even myself, I was viewing a, a, a baptism of a church in the message that happened in the past week. And the young man getting baptized, he's chewing gum, just chewing gum. And I thought, God help us. Help the ministry. Help the deacons. Do you really need that chewing gum when you're going to the baptism, you know? Just some, but there's no regard for that. It's like people pushing, laughing, oh, this is what we do, this is what, there's no sacredness. I say, God, restore the sacredness. I say, God, for all of us, put a greater movement in my heart for the things of God. People aren't affected no more. Right at this very minute, there are millions of people around the earth glued to their televisions or paid thousands to watch the Super Bowl. And, and you wonder spiritually where people are at even in the message, even amongst us, when there's a lack of sincerity or our approach, when, when many times it's free or with very little effort. To, you, you could just come and be around the believers or give some time or give a little money or to see souls saved. It's like, no, people are more concerned about their snack or what my friend thinks. And I, I say, God, put a burden back in our hearts, God. Touch our hearts with a sacredness again. Hallelujah. Then then he went a little deeper. This is token. And he said, people's not ready to confess. And I know this as a minister. They're not ready to confess. Not that they need to confess to us, but he said they want to pray. They want to pray, God heal us. Do this. Do that. God heal us. Send the Holy Ghost. Let's have great meetings. Bless our families. But when it comes to dying out and confessing your sins and getting right with God, it isn't seen no more. He said this. That's the reason we don't see no more healings than what we have. That's the reason he said, I'm preaching these things. They were coming to, they were coming up to a healing service. But I want to take these next phrases, what he says about getting ready for his glory. He said, God heals you for his glory. We must be ready for His glory. So it's talking about a preparation to see the glory of God, that we must be ready for that. How many times we've missed God appearing to us or doing something among us because we're so stuck in ourselves. When the commission is, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And I'm just taking you now to a line of thought that came to us even in January as we were dealing with a certain situation. And I shared some of this with the BCA students and the assembly on Thursday. But in the book of Isaiah, the Bible speaks about the Lord of hosts and how the lambs would feed after their manner or the young ones would feed after their manner or Young sheep feed after their manner. In Isaiah 40, verse uh, 11, it seems like Isaiah really had a heart of a shepherd. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Let's turn to that. 
I, I know that um, I don't want to belabor the service, Brother Derek. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 11. And I say that positively. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 11. It's the heart of the shepherd. Brother Tom took some liberty to show some pictures this morning. How many appreciated that? Brother Murphy showed some photos on, on the thousand yard stare on uh, Wednesday night. And you know you remember that. What do you think about this? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know y'all are warriors. Just put your helmet over on your pew for a minute. Amen. The lambs feed after their manners. And some would say they don't have manners, but... Isaiah 40, verse 11. Sheep are incredible. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Isaiah 40, verse 11. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. I was thinking today, there's so many aspects of a shepherd. You know, we think of a shepherd or we think of a minister always screaming and, you know, raising their voice and maybe angry. You say, my, they look like a lion. But really, a shepherd or a minister, they have a heart of a shepherd. That was one comment they made. I think it was his son, Brother Blessing Jacozzi's son, said the only time he saw his father angry was when he was behind the pulpit. He never saw him angry at home. I think that's incredible. To hear his wife say he was a real Christian. That's incredible. But to look at verse 11, you know, a shepherd has a lot of duties. There's times to get dirty and there's times to do all kinds of things. But there's a time also that he feeds his flock. He gathers lambs. He talks to them in a certain way. He carries them to his bosom. And he gently leads them, those that are with young. So there's a way that a real shepherd is with the sheep. I was thinking of this and I was listening to Perfect Strength by Perfect Weakness. Actually, a lot of times this week, even this afternoon. Brother Branham said, isn't it strange that God likened us to sheep? A sheep is the most helpless thing there is. I'm staying with our... Subject tonight of the sacred place of our hearts, because this is really where believers live. We can talk about, Brother Branham applied, that we're eagles, that we're sheep, that we're lambs. Brother Branham spoke about, uh, you know, uh, typing these things to thoroughbred horses, and he talked about a German shepherd, and all these things, doves, doves, but there's a time that as a person, that he applied us to sheep, it's the most helpless thing it is, there is. There's nothing so insufficient of defense than a sheep. A rabbit can run. A squirrel can get in a tree. A dog can bite. A lion can tear. A horse can kick. A bird can fly. But a sheep stands helpless. That's the way God wants us. 
I think, it, I think it was Brother Tim Dodd or Brother Tom, one of our ministers mentioned this service several weeks ago. I wrote it down and then have been listening to it. It'd be good for all of us to listen to this message and perfect strength by perfect weakness. For the young people and for the old people to realize it's not always the great and the mightiest and the biggest. Does this assembly know who wrote the song on the wings of faith? Set your wings. Would that person please stand? Who wrote the song we sing? Set your wings to the winds of faith. Isn't that incredible? A brother, simple, humble brother in our church. And it's literally sang by thousands of believers around this world. It's literally gone global. And here's a brother that works, that has a family, he's in our church, and it's gone global. That's inspiration. But God touched the sacred place of a person's heart, and they go out into these cycles of faith. But God can do that through the housewife. God, help us to realize that we don't have to be so strong all the time. He made us to be helpless. That's the way God wants us. I know we're really quiet and that's good. Amen. Just keep eating grass. Realize that we are totally insufficient. Then God takes that person and begins to mold himself into that person. Now you listen to the message and Brother Brownham says things like if you're always saying I'm so weak, I'm unworthy. He said God can't use that. So just throw that to the side. Yeah, we're all insufficient. You're weak. You're nobody. Well, but if that's all you're saying, no. Watch what he says. Realize we're totally insufficient. Then God takes that person and begins to mold himself into that person and make his hands do what God would have hands to do. Make his lips speak what God's lips would speak. Because they're not His, they're God's. Coming into winter camp. Lord, take the sacredness of our hearts and let it be Jesus. He begins to build a character. And begins to take His weakness and make His own self. Now just watch this. You just have to laugh. Sheep look funny. And they say, they say funny sounds. And when they're lost, it's horrible. It's screechy. I heard a couple this past week, they were lost sheep. And they're just... And they're running, they're nervous, they're all distressed. They're trying to find, and I mentioned this to the students, that this one sheep was lost and... It was realized it was lost. It goes running across the field to this mama sheep, and that wasn't its mom. It starts running across to these other, and finally it found his mommy. He's so happy. This was mentioned this morning. I already had it in my notes. Jesus said, When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Speaking about the shepherd. A hireling, when there's trouble, they run. A real shepherd will stay with the sheep, even when there's trouble. And and Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. 
This is what you call fine dining by the ocean. Sheep are very curious. I have all kinds of notes here and you don't want to hear all these things. But sheep, sheep tend to band together. And they stay together for protection. But they will run from things that frighten them. I even have pictures that are in my personal notes that I wouldn't put on the screen. But a lamb that's being attacked by a coyote usually will go for its throat. And they'll have a bunch of coyotes or wolves and they'll come around where they're sheep. And they'll literally come and they'll grab them right in a vulnerable spot. It's in their throat. And they'll rip it off and that sheep, poor sheep will bleed. And I've got pictures right in front of me of sheep that were killed. I thought of how the devil tries to come in and take one of our young people. Or one of our new believers. Or somebody that's maybe been and they get discouraged or distressed. And he'll go for the juggler. He, and and I, I was reading about coyotes. That the coyotes were likely to attack sheep that exhibited flight behavior. Because when these, even when coyotes aren't hungry, there's a spirit on coyotes that will go after sheep that are running, even when they're not hungry. And they'll just leave them laying on the ground with a big tear in their throat. That's incredible, and I pray God would not allow that to happen to any of our people. Sheep tend to follow one another. And this is why you've heard the expression, you get one to go and they'll all go. Because sheep tend to move as a flock. And that's why their instincts are to stay close together to someone that's like a friend. And usually when they see someone that's a friend begin to move, they'll go in that same direction. These all have spiritual meanings to them as sheep. This is speaking of our behavior. Here's another one. The flight distance be, varies a great deal depending on the situation that a sheep or a human is in. In a normal situation, when sheep are relaxed, the distance is small. However, if danger in the form of a dog or a strange person appears, then it's greatly increased and the sheep begin to move away. They'll move away from the minister. They'll move away from one another because there's danger. They get stressed. And that's why they they even said here, by working with your sheep daily, you decrease this flight distance of the sheep as it relates to you. This is because you're perceived as a friend and sheep accept you. That's why we need to spend time with one another. Work with one another. Keep that distance shorter. Shorter. This is really what happened several weeks ago and what turned my heart to this. I was dealing in a certain situation and concerning helpless sheep. And do you know if sheep get turned over on their backs, especially uh, sheep that have a lot of wool or sheep that are in a certain condition that they'll trip and they'll fall over, it's hard for them to get over. And it's very, we might think it's funny, but you, it's, you look at other sheep, they'll just be looking and staring. And someone gets in distress and gets turned over and they can't get, and the other, they'll just look and they'll just stare. And sometimes they'll just bolt and run. 
And there's their friend just hopelessly frailing. And, and, and I was reading in one place, they said, sheep aren't like a lot of other animals. They'll just get all frantic and sheep will just go, they'll try for a while and then they'll just give up and they'll die. They're helpless. God made you and I helpless. We need a shepherd. And I was thinking about this, and, and you'll see this, how when a sheep gets turned over like this, and it'll start getting bloated because of the sun and the different uh, things that come around because the underside is very, very vulnerable, and we all have vulnerable spots. And that starts getting exposed to the elements, and, and a sheep starts getting nervous and trembling like this, and they start to not trust anyone but they're getting frantic here now. That's one picture that describes it. And there was another video of this, them all bolting. Everybody's just bolting away right in the time of crisis. It's like, can you all move me over? No, they need a shepherd. And, and look, this picture here, I won't stay here long, but if sheep, <laughs> they get off balance and fall on their backs, they become helpless. And they get exposed to the sun, gas develops and swelling and cuts off their air supply, and then they die. And so, I was thinking about how, how do you deal with distressed sheep? A shepherd will go to a distressed sheep and begin to massage his legs and talk reassuringly to the sheep. He doesn't go over and kick him and you get down there and you fell over. You can't even get over by yourself. He doesn't drag his leg and, pull him, and just leave him there, but he begins to massage and talk reassuringly. I found you. You're my sheep. I love you. I'm here. Everything's going to be all right. I was watching one little short video, Brother Milko, and these workers had come up to this little sheep that had got in distress and they just began to move its legs around, arms, legs around and things and that reminded me of camp, Sister Abigail, and I thought of counselors and workers and how we're all around and we're just present, like we can't make a person's heart different but we can be around when it happens and, and they moved their legs around brother Tim and they just begin to talk to them and encourage them because they were in distress they would have died and then they said within a matter of minutes they're just moving their legs and they're jumping up and going about their life isn't that fantastic I mean we all have revival and growth and people moving but there's a process and so the shepherd will come and turn it all turn over the little sheep and then let it go that's how you restore someone that's cast down. In another version of the Bible, NIV, I think it is, the Bible says when Jesus saw the crowds, he was talking about people, he had compassion on them, and because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, Jesus was looking out over the congregation, and he knew something came out of him called compassion. Because they were being harassed 
and helpless. God made you that way. Isn't it amazing how we live in a generation where everybody does their own thing and I can make it and I can do it on my own, but God made you to be helpless? Don't try to fit in with the world. We're sheep. We need a shepherd. And when some, a believer said that a couple weeks ago, Brother Glenn, to me, just we were in fellowship, Brother Michael, we were just fellowshipping, and uh, they said the scripture, the Lord is my shepherd. Something like a lightning bolt came down into my heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I gave this little story uh, to the children and young people about in the UK. Over in England, there was a group of people that was up in a certain field here off to the right and all of a sudden one of their dogs got loose a hound dog and started running and running after these two sheep and it drove them all the way to the cliff you can see that here this this black dog here ran these two sheep and and and, and this one got right to the edge so close till it fell off and you can see it floating in the water it died down there and then now, it's just the, the hound dog and the one sheep, and it was able to get away. And they were talking about how the owners of this dog should have kept their dog, you know, on a, on a leash. And it was so horrible that a sheep was just lost its life for nothing. And I thought of the hounds of hell that he would send after a believer to destroy you and I. And to, the, to Satan, he just... Kills his people every day. Just another life. Just another murder. Just another young person. Just another suicide. I I don't know if I mentioned this last service. Forgive me for going on. But there was a report out of Florida that a little 12 year old had committed suicide. Because they were being bullied on their cell phone. Did I already mention that here? A little 12 year old uh, young person had committed suicide because they were being bullied on social media. And everyone was in an up cry. What do we do? What do we do? I say, who gave that young person the cell phone? Why does a 12 year old have the ability to be bullied on a cell phone? Because a parent gave it to him. And I say, God help us. And you can get as quiet as you want to. But Satan is out to harass and destroy and drive sheep and drive good sheep to the cliff and push some over for nothing. And we are out there, I believe this is our commission as a church. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Take care of one another. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things that are revealed belong unto us and our children. Do we believe that? So spread that out there. Be a witness. Be a blessing. This week, be a blessing. Come down alongside them. Move their, move their hooves. Move their leg. Encourage them. Oh, you say that's childish. Brother John, you're so childish talking about young people and sheep. You're so childish. Friends, I pray God get a hold of our hearts, all of us, and give us a sacredness more about us. Give us a feeling back for the things of God. Do you agree? This is horrible. Oh, you say it's just a sheep. It's just the UK. No, it's, it's a spiritual something. Satan's sending hounds of his hounds after innocent lives. I'm, I'm almost finished tonight. But this is what was in my heart through January concerning sheep and how they get distressed. 
Jesus looked out and, and was applying that to people, the crowds. To be distressed means they start getting upset or distraught and troubled. They start getting to be concerned and worried. Sheep, they need a shepherd. They need some, uh, that gift to be able to bring them up into the heart of God next to His bosom where you can feel the heartbeat of God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It just came to me now when we talk about sympathy and sympathy. If you just in the right atmosphere, it'll start beating the same. Hello, somebody. Just a little example. If God would bring you up next to His heart, if it'll do that in four minutes, and pretty soon everyone's swinging in harmony, and you just bring a sheep up to the heart of God, you'll start beating in just a few minutes. I encourage you this week, Brother Timothy Pruitt is a man of God and a gift of God in his life. Just a few minutes in the presence of God and a gift of God in His Word. It's not just long altar calls or tarrying meetings or long, but it's just a word fitly spoken. Just the atmosphere. Just men and women that are sacred coming into sacred grounds and aware that our words carry spirits. And we don't want it to be our own spirit. We want it to be the Holy Spirit. Do we not? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if your heart is evil, keep your mouth shut. Let the Lord change your heart. Come up to the bosom of the shepherd a little bit and let that sympathy. It'll change us. They start, and, and just before we go, I was thinking of this. This is my last slide, but sheep are very social. And in grazing situations, when they see other sheep, they like to keep visual contact with other sheep. And it prevents stress when handling them and when moving among sheep. Is when This has been proven over time with sheep. That if you can keep visual contact with them and work with them, it, it relieves stress in handling them. And they don't become as agitated and want to have a separation away from the flock as when they're handled with the heart of a shepherd. And this works against preventing predators and things that would come in from the outside is when the sheep are strengthened, when they're not distressed. When they're strong and not nervous. They say that sheep have very poor depth perception. That's three-dimensional vision. Especially when they're moving with their heads up. That's why you'll see them oftentimes stop and they'll examine something and they'll look around like that. Sheep have difficulty picking out small details, such as a little open space. And, and just a little gate. You say, just run through that gate. Just, just run through that. You, you dumb sheep, just run. And, and it, it'll look at there and study. And because their perception is so limited. It's incredible. They tend to avoid shadows. And sharp contrast between light and darkness. And they're reluctant to go where they can't see. That's why Joshua and Caleb, when they were dealing with the brothers about going into the promised land, it's like, bring back the fruits. You've been there. This is evidence to the congregation that you can make it too. 
And that's why it's so important that we have it ourselves and that we, we our own selves are in the presence of God. So when we speak, others can just fall right in there. They want what you got. Isn't that wonderful? God, give us more perception, you would say, or give us more vision. Sheep are frightened by sudden loud noises such as yelling and barking. So that's why some say, stop yelling. <laughs> stop yelling at the people. Stop barking. It's true. Many times loud noises and unnatural noises, sheep become nervous and more difficult to handle. This is due to their stress-related hormones. And to minimize stress, the handler should speak in a quiet, calm voice. Sheep should not be worked in the presence of barking dogs. Or in other words, if you want them to go in a certain direction, it's not always just loud and... But many times, it's the still small voice. Let's go here. Why did you do that? There's a better way for you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Isn't that powerful? It's like that sacredness of our hearts can get so hard and we get, get so calloused and we go through life and it's like who can get to the top and who can talk bad about everybody underneath. and get, that, Friends, that's not a believer's life. Lambs seek contact with their mothers. And little baby lambs called ewes respond to the touching behavior. Groups of animals have, that have contact with one another are calmer sheep. That's why fellowship is good. Staying together through the week is good. It keeps us calm. And, and I, I just need to stop, but let me just say this as we come into camp. When you see a certain sheep begin to change their behavior or a sign of illness is coming into sheep. An obvious sign of this relates to their flocking instinct. Or when a sheep or a lamb is isolated from the rest of the flock, they start showing early signs of illness. Even the last sheep through the gate should be suspected of not feeling well, especially if it's usually one of the first. Or someone that's usually got it together, usually they're first, but then they come in last. They're just kind of rushing in, and there's certain signs of illness in a congregation or in an individual. And, and they pointed to appetite as a huge indicator of health and how healthy sheep display normal eating, cud-eating behavior. And they will chew their cuds for several hours each day. Say that's just ordinary sheep. That's just ordinary believer. Yeah, but if a person's not doing that, there's an illness. Healthy sheep are eager to eat, and they're always, almost always, hungry. They will overeat if we let them. Sheep blate in anticipation of being fed and will rapidly approach the feeding area. Sheep that are healthy love to feed. But it's when Satan comes in and brings illness and what was prayed about tonight was so appropriate. We get a lady seeing spirit on us and, oh, we're increased in goods and we're so strong and we've got it all together. You're going the wrong way. God will break your heart. He'll break the situation to get you down where you're looking up to him. God, take us out of this Laodicean spirit where our heart becomes hardened. I pray that we would approach the feeding area with anticipation and healthy sheep. 
I just got to do like this. Because sheep, sheep, you can talk about the behaviors. But what about our shepherd? The Lord is our shepherd. God, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Give us, Lord, that supernatural element this week as we come into this time and some are leaving us. Brother Anthony, God be with you. He's going to a good church. God be with Sister Laverne. She has a burden for her family. The token is for the family. So our burden should be for the family. What can we do for the family? Is everybody okay? Is everybody ready to go in the rapture? Now I have to go back to last Sunday morning and a pastor's closing his services and he's making statements coming out of his mouth that we say that's his last words on the earth. And he's talking about no matter how a believer goes, he's going to be resurrected. And within hours he's gone. It, it, it shows all of us that we, we can't get so frantic with life and think it's just going to go on and we can plan and plant our potatoes. But it's very important to realize one of our young men could fall asleep on the road uh, as they did last week. And friends, you can replace a truck, but you can't replace the man. He's sitting behind the camera tonight. He could have been taken last week. You can replace a truck or a car or the house burns down. Well, you got a home in glory. God's given us one another. He's given us these times to rally around one another. I think it's good for sheep. As we bow our heads together. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Oh, Jesus, come upon us now, Lord, as we close this little service. Our church is no stronger than our families here. And I was thinking about this in relation to sheep. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. Bring that sacredness back to our families, into our church, into our personal lives. And as the challenge goes out tonight, I felt for our young people to say, The new generation accepts the challenge. We accept the challenge. Many of those that came out of Egypt that night did not make it into the promised land. Most of them died in the wilderness. So the token that was applied in Egypt, there had to be another new generation rise up to carry it into the promised land. And I wanted to say on behalf of all of us, The new generation accepts the challenge. We're going to step forward in Jesus' name. We're going to cross the line. Brother Derek led us in that song tonight. We've crossed the line. We've made our choice. I believe it's good times for us on Sunday nights to be able to encourage one another in the faith. Heavenly Father, as we come into winter camp now, we pray for every believer. Over 200 that will be gathered there at the camp. And I know hundreds others that will be on the Canadian side. Down into Seattle, Lord. And Victoria and other places. That fathers and mothers, grandparents, singles uh, in our church that are burdened for one another. I pray the Holy Spirit would surround Mount Baker Bible Way Camp. That as lives drive into the front of that little gate, Lord. Possibly Thursday or Friday. 
that by the time they leave on Sunday, there would have been experiences in their hearts, Lord. I know for myself, Lord, we're 100% expecting you to do above and beyond what we're even praying for, what we're asking for. Being specific, Lord, and getting under the burden of the meetings. Heavenly Father, we know you have a word for us. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things that are revealed belong unto us and to our children. Heavenly Father, fill us all freshly with the Holy Spirit, Jesus. We all, like sheep, had went astray. We all, at one time in our lives, were doing our own way and our own thing. But the shepherd made a way for us in this dark hour. He moved us back onto the road and because of that we are grateful. And because of that we want to help others and serve your people. Lord, if we could just push against the rock as it was. That's what you've called us to do. Put one foot in front of the next. Say, what can I do? What can we do? We can pray. We can put our boots on as it was and go out into action, even when it feels like we're shaking like a leaf as our human element does so often. But would that something come? Would that someone come? The one that can turn on the light. That one that can heal the situation that can speak into that heart. Jesus, you're the maker of the heart. You're the one, Lord, that has given us a message that would turn the hearts of us last day children. We love you tonight, God. You leadeth us beside still waters. Still waters, Lord. Restore our soul. Give us refreshment for the journey. Heavenly Father, may we be the sheep of your pasture that's able to say the past is the past. But by the grace of God, I'm looking forward unto what the Lord would have for us this year. Help us to get into sympathy. Get into symphony together. And begin to operate and move, not just as individuals doing our own thing, often times clashing and wondering and questioning and getting into trouble. But Lord, help us realize, Lord, that there's a magnetic force, there's a supernatural element that is moving us in harmony, moving us together. And if we could just get into that channel, thus saith the Lord, keeping still. As we heard this morning, it's not our thoughts. It's not our thinking. It's the mind of Christ. Lord, we embrace you tonight, Jesus. Where we've been dumb and ignorant. Where we've missed the mark and gotten ill. Where we've acted in bad behavior. Jesus, I, I believe with all my heart, the congregation is full of sheep. And you know how to speak to us, Lord. We're following your voice. We want to be sensitive and timid to that, God. Especially as we come closer to these times, that we would become more timid to that voice. 
Don't let us be brash and rude with one another and harsh, God. We can come barreling into a situation or trying to listen to someone that needs some help and we're trying to give an answer or trying to give a... And many times we just need to listen. We just need to listen. Maybe that's not really the reason they even approached us. Maybe it was they were just seeing if they could open up another secret place or... Maybe they needed a friend. Lord, don't let us be so ignorant. Don't let us be so carnal that we miss opportunities that are divine. Could you use one of us, Lord, to turn a situation? Create an atmosphere. You say, what can I do? We can create an atmosphere. We can be a blessing. We can speak the word. We can lay our hand on someone's shoulder. We can speak their name. Oh, there's power in prayer, Lord. There's power in love. It's like a nuclear bomb on the... Oh, Jesus. And if Satan is after anyone here tonight... And going for the throat and going for the juggler. I pray the Holy Spirit would ward off all the hounds and all those spirits, all those stray things that would love to take out one of our innocent ones. Feed the lambs. Feed the sheep. Take care of the whole congregation. Heavenly Father, this is the commission and we all humbly submit to it, Jesus. And the new generation rises to the challenge. Let it be, Father, that all of us together in harmony be so beautiful, God. Be so wonderful. So Brother Mark Aho wrote the words on the wings of faith. Lord, let us move out under those wings, under those inspirations. That somebody else here, God, could catch a wave, catch an inspiration, catch a breeze that would move us down that road. We love you, Jesus. I thank you, God. Is there anybody that would like to rejoice in the Lord tonight? Rejoice in His presence and just say, Thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. I am your sheep, God. I love you, Jesus. We're walking forward. We're flocking together. Oh, Jesus, may you speak health out to our congregation and healing. Jesus' name, Lord, if some have gotten to a place where they're not healthy sheep, I pray that you'd take them to that little still water place and where they can eat some sheep food, eagle food. Hallelujah, as we stand together. Oh.